Cultivate podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. All right, this week we are talking about the style nine on the Enneagram, the peacemaker. And my special guest is extra special to me, Miss Madison Brown, soon to be Moses, or maybe already Moses by the time this airs, because we're doing a little pre recording so that I can be at the, because we have a big wedding coming up. Hi, Maddie. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Maddie is Matt and I's oldest daughter. She is almost 25. (laughs) That's a little concerning. You don't remember. (laughs) Almost 25 and getting married. And she also currently works here at Sandals Church, um, serving on our youth department team. She's basically the creative director for youth with all of their branding, design, social media, marketing, um, so many things there. And was Matt and I's personal creative asset during COVID when we had to move a home studio, a studio to the house when we were on lockdown and Maddie knew how to run all the equipment and film Matt from home. So that was really cool. So uh, Madison's primary style on the Enneagram is a nine, which was interesting to me and super informative when we found that out. And I just, I think I talked last episode about, I wish I had known that about her Growing up, I would go back and do some things differently. Very high eight and very high nine, but nine wins out, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, technically it goes nine, seven, eight. Nine, seven, eight, which, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, that's who you are. I know so that wild. who you to be, but um, the way those play together is really interesting. So I'm going to give a little slap- snapshot of the nine, the peacemaker, reflects God's peace, obviously. Uh, The peacemaker's motivation is to have stability and peace. The need um, is to be resolved in conflict um, that's with themselves and others, just like to have resolve. They avoid conflict at all costs. Their focus is the desires of others, which can be a great focus, but also detrimental to themselves when unhealthy. The core sin for the nine is laziness or slothfulness. Um, It's interesting to me because uh, sometimes that can look like literally just being lazy, unmotivated, not finishing tasks, sitting around in sweats, watching Netflix, eating ice cream. But more often than not, laziness with the peacemaker comes out in not showing up or being declarative or making decisions. or advocating for how you feel yourself because you'll be lazy in pursuing your own wants and needs and desires out of fear that it's going to make conflict with others. The fear for the peacemaker is insignificance, which is actually the direct result of the not showing up because nines can tend to become or feel insignificant because they're not seen. But part of them not being seen is because they don't show up in an effort to avoid conflict. Um, the under, underlying emotion for the nine, the peacemaker, is guilt. 
um, and they have a tendency for escapism. They want to escape whatever is uncomfortable. And so that leads to the transformation for all nines for peacemakers is to embrace, which is engagement and being declarative in their own life, pursuing faith with action, making declarative statements, owning and resolving their own feelings and embracing that conflict isn't necessarily bad and that their involvement in something and their opinion can actually lead to resolution. So do you feel like you, that describes you, Mm -hmm. who you are? Yeah, I do. How do you (laughs) feel like, like since the Enneagram has come into our family um, and and we've introduced it to you guys and you've learned this about yourself. What do you think you've learned most about yourself understanding the Enneagram and the style? Mm-hmm. Um, I think from the get-go, realizing like, oh my gosh, I fit into something. I think that was always hard of feeling like, where do I fit in on the personality? You know, because I think back in the day, it was a lot more like, oh, Myers-Briggs. And I always was in the middle. I was always 50-50 for all Uh of them. Which makes sense because nines are very like, I'm a little of mm -hmm. everything. (laughs) And so that was always so hard and confusing because it'd be like, yeah, today I am feeling super extroverted or today I'm feeling super introverted or super feelings oriented or thinking oriented. And so I think the Enneagram helped me find my place a little bit, but also did not, I think hearing that makes it feel like it's a box, but I also didn't feel that way because I mean, I like the the metaphor of like, it's not, you're just blue, you're shades of blue and everybody's Mm -hmm. unique. And so I think it helped me. Yeah. Find my place. I honestly was in such denial about my styles that I tested. And so it's really only been the last two, three years where I've been like, you know what? I take the test a lot. I test the same top three every single time. We call it assessment. Oh, I've been taking the assessment (laughs) a lot. And every time I get the same top three numbers and I've been in such denial about them. Not necessarily the nine, but um, just how they all play together. And so I've done a lot of like leaning into like, okay, well, it says this is what I am. And so let's learn about it. And it's just been this like wake up call of like, oh my gosh, I am a stuffer. I am a runner. I hate conflict, but I love it, but I really hate it. And that's so, your, your eight wing, <laughs> the love conflict, hate it. Well, I don't love it. I just, I, yeah, I think for me, what I've learned is I think I didn't understand my nine because I was like, oh, well, conflict, that makes sense. You just have to get it and get over it. And so realizing my motivator is that I'd rather have the conflict and get it over with so that there can be peace and everybody mm-hmm. can be okay and stuff. But that doesn't mean I like it. I don't like it. And it takes a lot for me to get there, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's so good because, and it's also um, indicative of health of a peacemaker is to understand that, com- you know, most peacemakers believe conflict is bad. And so what I always try to encourage nines to understand is that conflict isn't bad. It's actually very healthy. Um although it's difficult and there's a different difference between bad and difficult. Um, how would you say conflict, like physically for you, conflict will manifest itself? I know because you don't like to have it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I'm going to get to that question with you is like, how does that show up for you? Like, can you tell, like, walk me through what happens to you physically when you feel conflict arising? But mm-hmm. I'm going to start there and then I'm going to finish my question. Okay. Yeah. Physically for me, for sure. Um, I feel like I'm that classic, like I am not a crier until I'm a crier. 
And so I don't cry about. How many times do you think I've made you cry? A lot. The most. (laughs) Actually, no. My fiance now for sure takes the title. Thank you. But I don't think it's because he makes makes me me cry. It's because I think, yeah, vulnerability is very hard and being seen in that way is really hard, I've learned. And so it's not even, it's not even that, oh, they made me cry. It's that I'm like, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment, I do feel safe enough to be able to cry. Mm-hmm. And because I hold it in so much, it's like this locked door is unlocked all of a sudden and the floodgates are outpouring. And so it's like anything that I've ever felt in the last however many months, days since I last cried come out in this one little thing. Um, but yeah, so it feels very hard to cry. I feel like I physically like can get it like I feel like it manifests itself in stress so like sometimes I'll get like sore throats or I'll get lower back pain like um I for sure feel it physically I get really fatigued and um it's it's actually really lame because if I'm ever not okay it's something physically is wrong with me and so feeling very much often like I always have something hurt or if something's wrong or I'm sick um And that's just because I don't, and so how that comes out is stress. And so since Mm -hmm. I don't manage conflict, i.e. what is stressful for me, I always have something wrong, which is just Well, and that's what I ask because that tends to be, obviously every person is unique and we're not just a number, we're not just a style. But if you have a lot of high nine in you, by nature, you do have the least, um, the lowest amount of energy Mm -hmm. and conflict takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. and thinking about conflict takes a lot of energy. thinking well here's what happens is so you are in the anger triad which is mm-hmm. interesting you're in the gut triad which is the powerful triad which people tend to with the style nine go well how can that be possible how am i in the power triad when i'm the peacemaker and the underlying emotion is anger but here's how that comes out in the eight which is in the gut instinct triad the eight the anger comes out direct and forceful the one is also in that triad and it comes out sideways and passive aggressive anger but with the nine that anger gets pushed down Mm -hmm. because if you are ever nines if they're feeling stressed or they're feeling unseen or they're feeling taken advantage of or they're just feeling upset because they've been wronged and that happens instead of dealing with it which is what needs to happen, they'll push it down, push it down, push it down. And there's a great book out that I, I recommend to people that are very high nine called The Body Keeps Score. And, that, and for the nines, what happens is it gets pushed down so much until you just implode all at once. Mm-hmm. But typically it comes out physically before it comes out mm-hmm. verbally or relationally. And I, I just wondered what that that felt like Mm -hmm. for you. One of the things with your super high nine score that I'm curious about is dad and I, Mm -hmm. because all of our numbers are, um, there's the us that God made. And then there's the us we had to be in our family of origin, right? Mm -hmm. You have two parents who their lowest score on the entire Enneagram assessment is nine. So you have two aggressive parents. One is motivated by success and power, and one is motivated by fear. That's me and that high one doing what's right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you, your brother, and your sister, we have almost, that's our lowest thing we're motivated by is peace. And all three of you, it's one of your highest Mm -hmm. on there. And I've often thought about how you know, they say not to take the Enneagram assessment until you're sort of out of your parents' care, like you're 18 and you're kind of 
uh, because you you had to be a certain way to function in our family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm aggressive, dad's aggressive. And so we go high and you guys naturally go low. Why? Because we're, we're your authority, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think there's one of the things that you're going to have to untangle, you know, in your adult life is what that looks like for you in a healthy way versus when you're now in a different kind of relationship and not mm-hmm. under authority. You know what I mean? Because yeah. some of you had to go to peace because if you've got combative with us, then you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, because that's such a low score. So I just, I think our family is an interesting kind of case study for me as I think mm-hmm. about the Enneagram, because part of it, I think, is the you that God made. And part of it's the you that you had to be to survive mm-hmm. your father and I. <laughs> yeah. I even feel like a really good example for me is like, I have a very low six score on the assessment, but I, for sure, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm scared of things, but I'm very aware and like overly well, you're cautious and for that, observant. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not actually scared of being kidnapped like every day. But when I go into restaurants is my first thought to be like, I need to know where the, all the exits are. Yes. Because I'm like, oh, well, because I was raised smart, by somebody raised who was right. terrified of everything. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I feel like even that is such a example of that was something I was trained but not how I naturally am but mm-hmm. it still plays out every day for sure because so. you can't you can't not have your parents you know and some of mm-hmm. that's good because when healthy you know the tools that dad and I have when we we think of the Enneagram as tools right the styles as tools the tools we have if you don't have them our tools are your to, to your benefit but the opposite's mm-hmm. true in some cases they're your to your detriment just mm-hmm. like with dad and I you know I I had great parents. I love them, but I grew up in, in some chaos to a degree with some abuse and alcoholism and stuff. And so would I have always been a high six? Probably because I am strategic. I Mm -hmm. do have that, but is it heightened because I grew up in, in some unsafe scenarios? Probably from my parents, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you can't escape that. What we can try to do is take, right. The Bible says, all things can turn to good, to good for, with Christ. You yeah. know, it's like, that's what we have to do with that stuff with our parents. And your dad always says he'll pay for some counseling for you. So <laughs> hopefully he meant that. Um, you know, so, but some of us, it's to your benefit that yeah. if you don't think that way and you do now, but then some of it is is our way of passing on our own dysfunction to you. So sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I already started going to counseling. So. <laughs> well, good for you. We don't talk about you guys. It's just me. It's all my problems. So, well, some of them are probably our fault. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Let's talk about nines when they're unhealthy. And you can tell me what, like, if you can think of a scenario when you remember this mm-hmm. in high school or when you were younger and what this, like, actually played out for you. And then we'll get to the healthy. So, when else? When unhealthy nines, peacemakers, avoid conflict at all cost. And that can mean you completely lose yourself or don't advocate for yourself or even defend or protect yourself Mm -hmm. because that might mean a conflict with someone else if you Mm -hmm. have boundaries. Boundaries are going to be so important for nines because they'll get run all over in an attempt to not have conflict, but that that's not good for you. And in the in the end, actually brings more conflict than creating a boundary would have had. Um, at unhealthy, they're not declarative of their own needs. So whenever I'm coaching with a nine, I will always say, like, you need to know 
where you want to go to a restaurant, what what you like to eat, what you like to do for fun, what's your favorite thing? Because people who know you actually want to know you. And the lie that nines will believe if they're not careful is, well, what I want doesn't matter and let's just do what you want. That way you're happy and there's no conflict. But it actually robs and frustrates people who love you and want to know you because they want to do what you like. Mm-hmm. They they want that for you and and you can rob people believing the lie that you're actually making it better. Um, when unhealthy can be very passive aggressive. And here's how that can play out for nines is that I'm not going to tell you my real answer. I'm not going to tell you what I really want or what I'm really going to do because I want to avoid conflict with you. And if I tell you the truth, then you'll be mad or you'll be angry. Or if I have to tell you no, so I'll say yes so that you're not mad, but I'm actually not going to do whatever I said. That's how that can come out passive aggressively is your words don't match actions. Um, can be stubborn. Same kind of thing. They say nines are can be like an elephant. Like, I'm not going to declare what I want, but I am going to plant down and be unmovable in what, what I want. Um, indecisive, inactive, or prone to procrastination. Again, that's just that where that laziness can come in is if I make it if I make a choice or do make a decision and move forward something that's saying no to something else, which might create conflict somewhere. Um, inactive, that's that's just I'm not gonna I don't want to make a decision, so I do nothing and procrastinate because at some point I'm gonna have to get things done and make a decision. Um, and don't do what's important or necessary that are required for growth. And that's when when I circle back to conflict, although it might be difficult, is not bad. And most of our growth comes through conflict. So if you live your entire life avoiding conflict, you're also going to live it avoiding growth. Any of those stand out for you? I know. I just gave you a lot. You're looking at me like, like, oh "Oh my gosh, I wish I had, I could look at it. But you can. There's my notes. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think I for sure... We, you talked about the unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, stubborn was a huge one. I think that stuck out and that plays into every single one that you did talk about because even in like passive aggressive, like if you ask me if I'm passive aggressive, I am like, no, not at all. I am never passive aggressive. That is not who I am. That's not me. Tell me more. And now I've just gotten to this <laughs> point where I can hear it when it's happening and it's awful. And I'm like, no, I never thought I was this way, but I totally am. And so- even being stubborn about like ways that I am because in my brain, I think I am when I am unhealthy, I do get caught up in the, I do so much for everybody. I die to myself all of the time in mm-hmm. thought and opinion I like, and, yeah. and it doesn't matter. And yeah, even like believing, I feel like some of those lies, like not realizing they were there, but like in so much denial about them. And so, yeah, avoiding conflict at all costs. I never... I've never really super felt that one because I think it's inevitable that you avoid That's like to the avoid spectrum it. when it's the most unhealthy that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So I never really thought that. I have, though, had a few times recently just even in being engaged and stuff, um, like literally physically like not wanted to have a hard conversation at all. And something that wasn't even very hard, just being so stressed and so overwhelmed with planning and life and work and family that everything felt hard and every conversation that wasn't fun and exciting and, mm-hmm. um, or relaxing or life giving felt hard. Um, 
Whereas if I wasn't so stressed, I probably would have a lot more margin for those kinds of conversations. I, in that, literally got up and like ran away and was like, I'm not talking to you because I don't want to talk <laughs> about love? this. Yes. <laughs> I seriously got up and ran out and was like, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk. Go home. I was not in a good spot. I was very upset. But it's a safe place on this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't sure. upset, like <laughs> mad at him. I just was like, I have zero capacity to think about anything than what is literally physically right here in front of me. I don't want to have a hard conversation. And so, yeah, I feel like that in unhealth has, like, I've really, really seen that. Um, what, what would you say, like, if, looking back, knowing this part of who you are now, looking back to high school you? Mm hmm. What do you wish you could go back and tell yourself then? I wish I would have been more present. I feel mm. like I'm so easily detached with everything, anybody, events, things. And so I think I held back a lot because like in terms of friendships, in terms of like doing my absolute best in school, like I got good grades without trying. And mm -hmm. so I was a huge procrastinator, never studied, and I Are got you? A's, you know, <laughs> or maybe a B plus, but mostly A's. Like I did really well. And so it didn't. It, things weren't very hard for me. And so I think I got really comfortable that I didn't push myself out of my comfort mm -hmm. zone as much. And I think I, um, yeah, like I said, I just feel like I wasn't very present. I feel like I rushed through life because I hate transition so much. Mm -hmm. And so I just, as soon as I was a freshman, I was ready to be a senior and get out. And I feel like that was something I wish I would have really been better at being present in the moments and like really experiencing things because I feel like I was scared is the truth mm -hmm. of st of that, of like scared of being close, scared of like having deep relationships, I think. Well, because it's risky, yeah. which is a conflict. Yeah, reinforcing the like, oh, well, people don't care about me. I'm not seeing what I have, what I have to say or what I have to think doesn't matter. And so that what you just said is the thought process for the peacemaker. Well, what I have to say doesn't matter. And that's the lie I think that you'll believe if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said a few minutes ago, the people in your life want to know you and love you. Mm -hmm. and But you think, well, if I say what I want or whatever, then that's mm -hmm. a problem. We, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to do what they want, go where they want, yeah. do what they want to do. And nines will go along to get along. Mm -hmm. But that resentment, and like you said, yeah. when you would get mad, you're like, but I feel unseen or I've done mm -hmm. whatever, but you're the only one who realizes that. Mm -hmm. You know, we did we did a, um, a series on here before about boundaries and gatekeeping, and that's what I said for me personally is that I would be so mad at other people for bound— for, for going over boundaries that I didn't keep. Mm -hmm. And I think for nines— that same concept can can really hold true. Mm -hmm. You know, um, boundaries for the nine will show up in different ways, like I just don't show up mm -hmm. or I'm lazy or I don't finish. I don't just not show up. I'm just late to everything because it <laughs> took so much energy for me to even mentally prep to go to be mm. to wherever I want to be. And so, yeah, that's what's procrastinating, being late and being lazy and easily overwhelmed, unfortunately. And part of that is just how you're made, but knowing that is so key to know like, okay, I, I know I don't have as much energy. Mm -hmm. So for the nines, stewarding your energy is part of spiritual direction and personal growth because you're not going to have time for everything. And even things like binging a series on Netflix, like, you know, 
your generation, I feel like I just aged myself 10 million years, but really can do that. You know, before you know it, you're 10 episodes into a season mm-hmm. when life or just three went- seasons in. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but you said it, you know, <laughs> it's going to happen and you're missing out on relationship, whatever you actually needed to get done that yeah. day that mm-hmm. might not have been fun or relaxing or peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you to know like, okay, Actually doing that does suck an energy out of you still. Mm-hmm. Like there's that fine line of resting and relaxing and then getting drained because you just got sucked into mm-hmm. like a vortex of whatever that yeah. I think nines really need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and an inner conflict actually gets created when you procrastinate because now everything is built up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm making it worse for myself. Yeah. It, it, you know, with the seven, that's what I say is you sevens and nines have a similar battle as sevens, um, the joyful person or the enthusiast, they will avoid pain and pursue pleasure. Nines avoid conflict and pursue peace. But what happens in the avoiding tends to be that you actually create more of what you were mm-hmm. trying to avoid by avoiding it in the first place. Like by not dealing with something difficult for the seven, for you, it's getting things done, mm-hmm. then creates more unrest, more anxiety, mm-hmm. because now you have what you need to do now, plus what you've been needing to do for the last however long. Yeah all piled up and then the conflict the internal conflict is huge mm-hmm. what do you do you think that's true for you yeah I do I think yeah things take time yeah I think one thing that I've heard that has been really helpful in me processing that I do tend to like put things off and stuff is that as soon as there's a list I like to me writing lists is the most fun part of getting things done except for that I don't do anything ever on them I just write different lists for different <laughs> things of what I need to do I appreciate with you being so real the, no with all the categories like look at my notes I have like 185 and like probably 68 of them those are random numbers are different lists that are like check boxes of things I need to do in the order that I need to do them and I won't do any of them because as soon as it becomes a checklist it like is overwhelming and so I remember talking to actually Pastor Fredo about it. And he um, challenged me. He was like, oh, well, why are you, like, if you know that's not working, why are you doing that? Like, cause he's very similar. I think he's a high nine too, but mm-hmm. um, he was like, I've had to develop like rhythms in life and like mm-hmm. habits of like nothing for me. As soon as it's on the list, I won't do it. And I've like come to grips with that. So what do I have to do? I have to like do rhythms and build habits into my life so that at some point it doesn't feel like a thing I have to do. It's something I just naturally do. Mm. And I feel like that's something that's been so helpful of where That's good, Fredo, if you listen to this. Good advice. (laughs) Well, yeah, it just is like, oh my gosh, like, oh, as long as it feels with my overall flow of life, if it feels like it fits in, it's so much easier for me to do until like versus it being something I have to do. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, getting to switch up the mindset from have to, to get to, to want to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's hard is I don't really want to do anything or I want to do the things that really aren't that important because they seem easier. Mm-hmm. But then I don't In do the anything. Moment. Yeah. So Okay, let's transition to healthy because nines, the beauty of the nine is you reflect God's peace. And here's why that matters because nines are the best bridge builders. You guys bring sides together. You help people um, who are divided unite because you can see all sides of perspectives. And that's such a gift. Like an eight, no, there's like 
my perspective, and that's the perspective. <laughs> Nines can see the beauty and understand, and, and you're the best reconcilers of all of the styles when you show up, when you're declarative, when you're active. So this is the nine to know that when you're healthy, a gauge to know that. See multiple sides of any given decision or scenario. You're inclusive, patient, and accepting of others. Good listeners and great mediators. Considerate of, perspe- of the perspectives of others. Like it doesn't always have to be your perspective. You'll listen to it. And you desire to see the world as a more peaceful place. Do you feel like that describes who you are? What's going on in your internal mm-hmm. dialogue? Yeah. I, I feel like I just want everybody to be good. And it's not even that I, because even harmony feels so strong to me. Like peace and harmony feel like such a strong word. Because it doesn't feel like that. Like in how I think and how I see the world. Even though it is technically like there's synonyms to what I do think. I just want everything to be good and easy and feel like there's a flow. And like part of the flow is hard things and that's okay. And so I think I've got to a good place there. But yeah, wanting people to just be good because I think I've got to this place where I'm like, life is hard. Everybody suck it up. Like not because I feel like, oh, get over the hard things in your life. But what else did you expect? And so yeah, in healthiness. I'm like, come on, like, let's get through this. It'll be fine. And understanding people. I think that's something that's so hard as I've learned how empathetic I am with people that I actually have to be really careful about what music I listen to, what TV shows I watch, what books I read, what, you know, whatever podcast I want to listen to, because I am such like a sponge of emotions I've learned Mm -hmm. because I'm so good at not feeling my own emotions. So anytime there's like something that I can absorb that's not my own, I do and I have no control over that. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of like how much I feel like I can understand people and be on all of the sides all of the time, that's so hard because like, you know, you're telling me I can't understand you and I'm like, oh no, I'm walking in your shoes right now. Like, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I feel every single feeling that you're describing, like I understand. And it goes so deep more than just like, oh, I like logically understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I like feel it so mm-hmm. strongly. Um, and so I feel like that's so hard even too when it comes to conflict because it's like, well, whose side do I take? I get where everybody's coming from all of the time. And like, yeah, that's, I'm going into a different thing. But no, that's I, basically what I, I think, think that's great. Okay, so the brokenness to conserve surface when the gift of the peacemaker is exaggerated is when avoiding conflict at all costs causes them to become paralyzed. In the pursuit of peace, the peacemaker focuses on meeting the wants and needs of those around them, failing to declare their own, which often leads to getting them met through passive-aggressive behaviors. So instead of declaring what you need, you will get it by, not you necessarily, but like nines might get it by starting a fight, like starting a fight, which is the thing you're avoiding then so that you have an opportunity to have someone know how you feel Mm -hmm. because you don't clear. That's how that can look, the passive aggressiveness. The peacemaker tends to struggle with laziness, not necessarily physical, but spiritual and relational in the form of indecision, inaction, and procrastination. Not doing the important or necessary things required for growth. The beauty of the peacemaker is in their ability to see multiple sides to any given decision or scenario. They are inclusive, patient, accepting of others, making their them gifted listeners and great mediators. Peacemaker is considerate of the perspectives of others, desiring to see the world as a more peaceful place. 
And the healthy peacemaker is always in pursuit of embracing conflict and declaring their wants and needs as a means of deeper connection with themselves and others. And I think that's what's so important for anyone who is a peacemaker listening today. And I want you to speak to this. Uh, like, I'm going to give the idea, and then I want you to speak to why you see it as important is I've already mentioned this a few times, but it's if, if it's the one thing we get across is that people who know you and love you want to actually know you and love you. And they can only do that if you tell them who you are, if you show up. They don't want to know the mere image of themselves, which nines can do if they're not careful. Like, you like mint chip ice cream? Me too. I'll like it too. It'll be my favorite too, even if it's not or it's not. Nines won't take a lot of time to know themselves because they're constantly morphing into what everyone around them is. And so they can get very lost then they're frustrated that they feel lost. And so for um, nines to just make sure that you are saying, here's where I like to eat. And it doesn't have to be every time because that is going to be uncomfortable for you. Like you're going to be like, no, I actually, your heart is to actually want to go maybe where Logan wants to do or do what he wants to do or, you know, like his favorite food. But Logan actually will want that from you. And, and to all the nines listening, that's people in your life are going to want to know you actual you mm-hmm. and when you don't show up that happens so what what would you say what would you speak to that as as a nine of like wanting to be known mm-hmm. I think I don't have a problem not showing up again I said I'm, I'm late to things I think that I, I don't show mean up. showing up literally I mean showing up yeah no that's what I was gonna person. say is I was like I show up to places but yeah exactly that I don't you might show be physically up there mentally but. yeah i think yeah it's very easy to be detached it's very easy to just be there and not actually be there and so in terms of being known i feel like that's one thing that i consistently throughout all life have felt has been like not feeling known and being mad at everybody else for not knowing me when the reality is is i haven't i've been greedy and with myself and my personality and what i do like and stuff and so a lot of the problem for me is that i really don't know Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, I really don't know yeah. like and so if you're asking me where to eat it's not that I don't know what kind of food I like I'm genuinely like every restaurant I've ever been to in my whole life just went blank and poof and I'm like <laughs> oh my god I'm like really like oh my gosh I don't I don't even know what exists I have eaten before oh I didn't I didn't know <laughs> and so there's a lot of um don't put you on the spot pressure yeah for being put on the spot and then the second part of that is because such I'm such a slow processor and so I feel like that plays into it too of um I think how I feel is I don't think that people don't want to know me. I think people aren't patient enough to take the time to get to know me because I am a slow processor and I am Mm -hmm. slow to be, I think, giving and sharing with what I do like and what I don't like and like where I want to be. And so feeling like I'm, I, I feel that I'm always being rushed by people of like, what do you want here? Say this, do that. I I like that. And so, so, (laughs) yeah, I think that that is part of it. And so I don't know that maybe that's an all the way a nine thing. That's probably how I more see it. But it is this pressure to always have something to give. But pe- like that's where the unknown comes from of like, I want you to know me and I want you to just know. I don't want to tell you. I want you to just know because the truth is I have said things. It might have been one thing over the last few months, but I did say that one thing and I was declarative in that that's moment good. as like a test. Yeah. And you failed and you've been failing over and over and again. And There's so when you're like, passive aggressiveness. I want to know you. And I'm like, well, then listen. And so- <laughs> no, that's good. Well, and that's a good transition to how to love a peacemaker. 
The first one is create an environment where their voice is heard and it matters. So peacemakers by nature don't need to always be the one talking, Mm -hmm. don't need to direct, don't need to decide. But when they do show up, if you have a peacemaker in your life, listen. Mm -hmm. Listen and learn who they are and tuck it away for when it matters. Um, Because they might default to you and that's going to be your your nature. Your tendency is going to be to default to whoever you're around. And so the people you're around, the way they can love you well is to know you so that when they are deciding, they're going to keep you in mm-hmm. mind in that way. That's a, that's super that's important. That's the biggest way I feel like I get my feelings hurt, for sure, is exactly what you said of like, I never say anything. So if I'm taking a second to say something and it's passed over or you know, immediately shut down or ignored. And I'm a little bit more thinking, I think in the workplace, but also just relationships and friendships of like, if I'm taking the time to like actually share with you how I'm feeling, like, listen, I don't say anything ever. And you're going to, yeah. I feel like that was so accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It does matter. Don't shield them from all conflict, conflict, but encourage them to actively engage. Mm -hmm. Oh man, how I would have parented you differently. (laughs) How you're saying like you're slow to process. Mm -hmm. I can think back to us arguing where I would just like, what do you think? Like I just like come in and just like, you're just like, I would be silent and she would be like, do you just not care? Whatever. And I'd be like, "Eh, I literally can't. But then later you circle back, like here's what I think, here's what I feel, which I do think if you have a nine in your life as a, a spouse, a best friend, a kid, to just know they're probably not processing to the same intensity or speed that you are. And I think that's one of the things that you've taught me is like to give space and time, which mm-hmm. I don't do naturally mm-hmm. at all. But at the same time, I never want to know that someone wants to have a hard, a hard conversation with me ahead of time. I want to be surprised because <laughs> I I seriously want to, at the last minute, be brought in, say what you're going to say, no fluff, be incredibly direct, because if there's fluff, then that leaves room for me to assume, like to the go word. off tangents. You're going to create some conflict that may or may not uh-huh, even exist. Like based on something you said. So it's like exactly what you want to say. Be direct, and then be like, be hey, I know you're a slow processor. What, here is a scheduled time for us to reconnect on this, take that time. I know you need it, whatever. Like even if it's a few hours. So like bring up the conflict, blindside you by it is what you want. But then you want them to circle back Mm -hmm. to resolve it. Well, because in my, (laughs) and and I think to know, well, in health, I would say, you know what? Thank you for sharing. I, I do need time to process. Yeah. So if we can process, but then this is where in my unhealth will probably immediately come out and I will tell you and let's reconnect and I will never reach back out ever. I will leave <laughs> it there. I will not reach back out. And I so that's what I mean. And like you're being real with yeah. yourself. <laughs> I, well, that's what I'm saying is it's like surprise them, give them time to process and you on the front end be like, here's the time and place where we are going to re-talk about it because I will just stuff it down or in my head, I'll be like, you know what? It didn't bother me much. I'll just let it go. And then three years down the line, I'm going to have some blow up on some poor, innocent stranger and it's going to be because of you. So <laughs> that just got real, real. Celebrate with them when they finish projects. Yes. Finishing is a really big deal because I hate yeah, you're gonna I'm love this lazy. next one. How to love your peacemaker? Don't push them to the sprint. Like mm-hmm. there, are some of us. Like I can see so much. I mean, I don't want to throw dad under the bus. Dad's a very high three. He's sprinting all the time. Mm-hmm. Like him pushing you guys to sprint as kids, and all three oh of you. Oh my gosh, like, awful. Like whatever it is, like, whew, 
thank them for their gifts to see the other side of things. That is such a frustration for other styles. It's like, I just want you to see my side. Mm -hmm. And, but the rest of us need to appreciate the gift that you bring to go, no, there is another side actually. Mm -hmm. That's why there's all nine styles because it takes all of the styles Mm -hmm. to make this big mosaic of humanity go around and we all reflect God Mm -hmm. in different ways and to different degrees. And so the nine is the one that's like, hey, everybody, let's let's remember this, Mm -hmm. which is so necessary. How to relate to the peacemakers in your life. They like to listen and to be of service, but don't take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I think I, whenever I'm not okay, my first inclination is no one sees me. I'm unappreciated. And that just is, yeah, a rabbit hole of no one's ever thanked me for anything that I've done or so and so and so. Yeah. And so I need to be better about being like, hey, I did this and I'm proud of myself. Join if you want. (laughs) Give them time to finish things and make decisions. And it's okay to nudge them, keyword, gently. Yes, very gently. (laughs) Hug them and show physical affection. It opens them up to their feelings. You're so... You, you're either like hot or cold when it comes to physical affection. It's like, only, no, it's only if it's like people I don't know. I feel like people try to hug me all the time that I'm like, I've had one conversation with you. No, well, thank you. Sorry, we raised you in a world, weird world. Okay. <laughs> um, let them know when you like what they've said or done. I think that that, when, when a, a peacemaker does show up or say something, the rest of us, when we affirm that in you, it, it can give you confidence or or help you understand that it's safe to mm-hmm. do so, which will help you do it better in the future. Mm-hmm. So the rest of us to relate to you need to do that. Um, and to know that they have opinions about things, even if they don't voice them, but they do better expressing them in smaller groups or one-to-one after time of processing. Mm-hmm. So I think that when the rest of us are unhealthy, we're oblivious to the peacemaker mm-hmm. and to the fact that they do have opinions. They are showing up. If it's not on our time, our speed, or to the, or loud like we are, the rest Mm -hmm. of us, then we just assume you don't have feelings, you don't have preferences, you don't whatever, and we just go about our own way. When we're healthier, the rest of us styles, we can Mm -hmm. appreciate and remember that, no, you do have preferences, Mm -hmm. you do have feelings, you do have a speed, even though it might look different than ours, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. um, I feel like that's a big thing for me is like, I want people to make room for me, mm-hmm. not feel like I have to make myself like in terms of sharing and, and like, you know, in group settings or whatever, getting my input or two cents in. I want to feel like people create room, which obviously doesn't always happen. But when it does happen, I feel so loved because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you care what I think. Ooh. I think that's a great thing for the rest of us to know. I wouldn't have thought about it like that. But I think the rest of us, when we know someone in our life is a nine to make it a priority to make room for them and space for them and let them know, hey, how you feel does matter Mm -hmm. to give you that preference. Well, thanks for coming on here with me. You're wrapping up the guests on here for us because this is the last style of them. And I was excited to have you on here. I'm always confused if you're an eight or a nine because you do have a lot of eight in you. Um, But I agree that at the heart of who you are, you want to see all sides. You want to have peace in your life and calm. And I'm like aggressively aggressive, like there's no peace until this is resolved. And you're like, gosh, that's my nightmare. (laughs) You've lived that nightmare with me as your mom. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. I love you. (laughs) What's funny is that for me, when I'm healthy, 
I actually, the sixes, the loyalist, the guardian, to for me to gauge my health is how much of the healthy part of the nine that I'm exhibiting. Hmm. So I move from anxious, that's the, the fear and anxiety is the unhealth of the six, and peacefulness and calm, which is the antithesis of anxiety, is the strength of the nine. So the more I'm at peace, is how indicative of how healthy I'm functioning internally mm-hmm. and externally. So thank you so much for being on here. I love you. I'm so proud of you. And get married and you can untangle all of your dad and I's funk on you with Except Logan for, my for the rest of your life. Husband You're welcome. Is so much like you. It's so weird. You're welcome. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys, thank you for listening. Um, I think there were some great things for you guys. If you have a nine in your life, to remember to make space for them, to ask them, them how they feel, give them opportunity to think on that and show up. And, and part of the way we love the nine is to give them, um, push them gently, of course, to think about how they feel and what they like, because they may honestly not be doing that on their own. And a way we love them is to say, no, what you feel, how you your preferences, they matter to us. And if you're nine listening to remember that a growth path for you is always going to be action. That's declaring how you feel, declaring how you think, declaring your preferences and your needs, and actually movement physically, meaning get up, finish the task, do the job, get the thing done, whatever that is. Understanding that the more you push that off, the more conflict and unrest and opposite of peace that you're actually having. So I think today was so good. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc slash discussion. You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry of Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archive sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief podcast where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find podcasts. Friends, until we connect again here or in person, remember, cultivate kindness.